gym owners, directors, coaches, can you relate to this? You say to yourself, this season is going to be different. We're going to get all of our teams on the same page. Or maybe you're saying, we're going to get all of our coaches on the same page. You look out as the teams are practicing or maybe as they are competing and you know you can do more. Let me help you. I work with several gyms, large and small, each season, whether it's the summer and we do a coaches clinic or a stunt camp, or it's during the season and we do an in-person routine cleaning. I even do routine video reviews if you're just looking for some thorough feedback of the routine. You send me your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with everything I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I have worked with have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D2 summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at jasonlarkins at me.com or you can DM me on Instagram at jasonlarkins. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast and I'm your host, Jason Larkins. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkins. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 68. Not sure if there's going to be a 69, but thank you for joining. Today, we have a great episode for you guys. Today, we have on special guest Bailey Yorba. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you know that Coach Bailey is one of our coaches here at American, and she really is what our culture is all about. She's the type of person you want coaching your athlete's team. She's the type of person you want on your staff. She's the type of person you want to go to war with. So we're going to talk about building strong culture on your staff, building strong culture on your team, and of course, we're going to get to know Coach Bailey a little bit. But before we get into that, do us a favor and share this podcast with someone who loves cheer as much as you do. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, working with the parents, and on the other side of this microphone is a person who I love dearly, a real-life, down-to-earth coach. Without further ado, Yorba, what is good, homie? Glad to have you on the show, finally. What's up, homie? Finally. I know. This is pretty crazy. So everyone at home... We were trying to figure out what we we're going to do for the podcast, and I'm actually in the car trying to figure it out with D Moore, and Bailey's in the car, and we're in Reno, Nevada right now. Shout out to Five Star. Oh, I'm so glad I said this because the <laughs> camp kids wanted me to give a shout out to them. Like, don't forget about us. So shout out to Minog, um, JV and Varsity. This is the Varsity team. I wanted to give them a shout out. But I got to give a shout out to everyone. So who do we work with today? Dayton, Reed. Um, I don't even know who else. Uh, Damani. 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 <laughs> who else? Damani. Oh, yeah. I can't even think Fer- who else is there. Fernley. Fernley. Fer- yeah, Fernley's there. Wooster is Churchill. not here this year, so sorry. Not- yeah, Churchill. Yeah, I think that's all of them. And probably not all of them, but you know, we named a good amount of them. So shout out to everyone. There's always gonna be missing. We're always missing someone. Oh, yeah. This happened in the last podcast. I couldn't, guys. A lot of you guys don't know her. A lot of you guys, I guess a lot of you guys do know her. Last podcast, I tried to give a shout out to everyone who sh- donates financially to the podcast. And I was like, my mom, 
Sarah, I can't remember who number three is. And then literally I was uploading the episode and was like, oh, it's Sheila. Sheila is like our main girl here at American. So shout out to Sheila who does make a financial contribution to the podcast. And if you want to make a financial contribution to the podcast, guys, I'm trying to get into a, a mastermind group. And this mastermind group costs a pretty penny. So I'm trying to get all this money to get into this like mastermind group. I'm trying to raise all the money via the podcast, not like out of my own pocket. So anyway, but I want to get into this mastermind group that will like take the podcast to the next level. So anyway, um, so yeah, feel free to donate financially, help, 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 help the podcast reach the next level. So anyway, but Bailey was in the car. We've always talked about having Bailey on the pod and I was like, Bailey, you want to be on the pod? And she's like, sure. And I was like, I actually believe, I actually think she's going to, she'll actually do it. So, you know, here we are. We don't really know what we're going to talk about, but I have a feeling it's going to be like the best episode ever. So Bailey, Bailey, you're one of our main coaches at the gym. You've been with us since day one as an athlete. Now you're coaching up everyone. So, you know, we'll, we'll sit here. We'll talk for a little bit. Anything you want to say to the people before we get started, started? Um, what's up guys? I'm excited to be here. Finally talk about it forever since this podcast has started. He actually finally let me come on here. So I'm excited to be here and we don't know what we're going to talk about, but I feel like it's going to be great too. No, it's going to be great. So and here's what I'll say. Uh, Bailey started off, she started off, she was actually on the world's team I talked about last episode. So she's on our world's team. We did that for the first year and the next year, we decided not to have the world's team. Now, Bailey is one of the most dedicated, enthusiastic people. I'm sure I will say that a million times in this podcast, but super dedicated, super enthusiastic. You know, she was one of those kids that was always at practice. And, you know, we decided to get rid of the flyers and say, hey, you know, if you guys want to stay, you can stay. If you want to go, you can go. Bailey decided to stay. You were on senior black that year. And that was your senior year. And then you came on coaching. You probably actually that coached was, a couple classes. That was my super senior year. So senior black was my mm. last year of eligibility. So I was a freshman in college that year. There we go. Yeah. And then, so then you're coaching at the same time. You're probably doing classes and stuff at the same time. Yeah. So I started doing flight yeah, schools my last year. Yeah, throw you on prep. Yeah. Okay. So we throw you on prep and we're like, yo. And actually, what I really liked about you at prep is we had the other coaches – doing prep but their heart was really in all-stars right we're like hey you're gonna do all-stars and we also need you to do prep and so coaches this is advice to all the coaches what i really want this episode to revolve around is our younger coaches and then building team culture because our prep teams are phenomenal they really are uh i don't coach any of them so i can brag about them our our prep program i think we have the best prep program in the country i really do our prep program is phenomenal (laughs) Um, and we really have prep kids, which is crazy because I always see this. I always see this on ASGA where people are like complaining that the prep team, oh, that's just a regular junior one team. That wasn't a prep. Like they're all, everyone's sandbagging. And I'm always thinking, man, our prep teams, they must be talking about us because if you just watched one of our prep teams, right? If you just watched junior stars, you'd go, that was pretty good. That's probably an elite team. Until you watch Junior White and go, oh, okay, that's like that team's on a whole different level. But it, yeah. I could see how someone would go, oh, those are all all star kids, and they're not all star kids. They walk, they come in, 
you know, they don't know anything, right? I mean, they're all off the street, kids off kids. the yeah, street, off the street, for sure. So, but what I was saying was, you, we had our other coaches in who loved cheer, but they were just super dedicated to their elite teams, and they were kind of doing prep on the side. And I didn't really feel like our prep teams were really at the level they should have been. I remember at that time, kids would go from prep and then they would come over to elite and it didn't look like they had actually cheered for American. Like it just, they yeah. might as well have came from the gym down the street. Like we were reteaching them everything. And, you know, you and Claire, I remember coming in and being like, hey guys, like we need these kids to be ready for mini sparkle. Like I remember saying that these kids need to be ready for mini sparkle. They need to be ready for youth wide or junior wide or whoever. Yeah. And I saw a huge difference in our prep program. You guys just decided to like really pour your hearts into those kids. So real quick, it's made a huge difference in our program. So talk to me about building like a great prep program, like what you have done and been a part of. You know, like uh, when I first started coaching, I was just excited. I was just excited to get the opportunity to come in there and get my hands on any group of kids and, it's really fun coaching prep. Like now, like this is my going on my fifth year coaching prep this year. So it's been really cool, like getting to see both sides of everything at this point and the difference of prep, like the, the kids are just eager to learn. Like they're easy to coach. They're coachable kids and they just want to absorb everything. They are all sponges walking in. Um, so it really is helpful. Like just the kids just excited to be there. Um, but Overall, just like building it up. I mean, just knowing that they're in prep, like they're prepping to go somewhere. They're not in prep to stay in prep, which I mean, like if they want to, like, cool. I like that makes my heart warm when kids are like, I want to be, I want to go from U stars to junior stars next year. I'm like, okay, girl, I love you that much too. Um, but I like in my, the back of my head, like as we're going through and going through building the season, building a routine, like, Although they are prep kids, I don't coach them as if they're prep kids. I'm prepping them to go to the next level, which would be elite. And knowing that, like, we have our way, like, American cheer, we do things this way. So why am I not going to start them at that point now, Mm -hmm. knowing those things when they're going to move on to that next year and they can already be two steps ahead and then instead of five steps behind? Yeah. For sure. And it's made a, again, everyone listening, it's made a huge difference in our program to actually have kids. You know, when I first started coaching, prep was just an afterthought and it was just something, it was just another basically revenue stream that you had in the gym. Like, oh, we have the prep teams. And but like none of those kids end up coming and trying out and being on our elite teams. Like we just had prep, right? And they weren't really, I never really felt like they were part of the gym. And now, like, I feel like it is a part of the stepping stone to be a part of the program. Like, if you want to be on one of the elite teams, it's almost impossible to be on one of the elite teams unless you start on one of our prep teams, you know? Exactly. Go through the prep program, exactly how we do everything. And then you co- go and you end up making, you know, again, mini sparkle, youth white, junior white, senior white, whatever it is. And and we just have such a head start on the season when we don't have just anyone walking up the streets and joining one of our elite level one teams they went yeah. through a whole season or two seasons being on our prep program learning the way that we do things and now they're ready to actually do cheer. and they and they learn things like walking with their arms tight and you know how we do jumps and how we do you know how we do all these certain things like you said we have a very 
particular way on the way that we do yeah. everything in the gym. And so they go through that, maybe not the highest level that we do, you know, senior red, but they yeah. go through it at what they can handle at a beginner entry level, level one. So, yeah, for sure. I love that. Like our program, like just like the little things, like we all just went the same way. Like that's just the same thing across the board. And I feel like that's just a good growing and stepping stone. Like even from fundamentals, like, one thing I've really loved and seen happen over like the past few years that you and Ashley have been there is like the the growth of like going from fundamentals to midseason to prep to elite, like seeing that and like seeing those kids being so many steps ahead now, just because of all the stones they can build or stepping stones they can build before they hit those elite teams. And they feel prepared walking in on that first day of practice instead of being like, I have no idea what I'm about to get into. Tell me about the what things you see other programs doing wrong what do you think most coaches are doing wrong as far as building up like the culture in their gym because everyone always asks me like hey like how do you get all of your teams to look the same and so it's you know I, I I'm like I don't know like they just look the same but as a coach who's in the program how do you especially when you you get the coach prep and elite and get the watch you know, all these other teams. So what do you think it is that we do that other gyms aren't doing that, like, lets us look the same across the board? Um, well, I kind of already brought it up. I think one big thing that it's tiny, but it makes a big difference is just like the little things that we always do the same. Like we oh, jump approach the same on every team. We warm up the same way on every single team. Like the little Little details like that, um, I feel like make a big difference. Like we have a certain way we slap. We don't move until we have two beats after that slap. Like stuff like that, it just kind of like stacks on top of one another. And like that's a big thing, I think, culture-wise, like that we just know across the board, like that's just how we do things. And um, I think a big thing is like the buy-in of the coaches um, and they're just buying into what we're doing. And I I feel like it's been like, there's been like a lot of shifts and a lot of changes in staff. At the end of the day, we always have a staff that's going to be on the same page, which monthly or weekly coaches meetings, those are helpful. I feel like we're all just able to check in with one another. And I feel like, although we're not all like besties outside of the gym, like we have an hour to be in the same room with each other. And I feel like that makes a big difference. Um, when we go out to coach, like at the end of the day, we, you always check in with all of us, like making sure like, Hey, what have you guys been up to? Like, no, showing that you care. And I feel like a big thing showing that you care about the prep teams. I feel like sometimes a lot of, from what I've seen, like a lot of times prep teams get pushed to the side and they're not always like the, the highlighter or even like the coaches of prep teams. Like they feel like they're like the, the push to the side coaches and they're like only worried about the elite teams. Well, at the end of the day, like your prep teams, those are going to be your elite kids coming up in a couple of years. Like what, what do you want to see in a couple of years? Like, I know like you're so focused on what's happening now, but it's really about what's going to happen when those five-year-olds on tiny prep are going to be on your junior two in a couple of years, like stuff like that. I feel like needs Mm -hmm. more focus. I feel like the, the focus just gets so put in the moment that although we want to like live in the moment and enjoy what's happening around us, we also have to think about what's going to come, what's happening 
in the next couple of years? Who are we going to see in this program in the next couple of years to let the programs continue to grow and build and blossom? Yeah, it's super cool. I love, like one of my favorite things, because we have so many, especially with mid-season and prep. So we have two different locations in Bakersfield at American, and they're about 10 miles apart from each other. I coach two teams in our other location while majority of the other teams are in the other location, right? So I'm in the Southwest while like everyone else is in the Northwest. And so a lot of kids, I don't actually get to see on a day-to-day basis. There's so many of them I don't get to ever see, right? It's all the prep teams practice in the Northwest when I'm in the Southwest. And then in these past years, you know, fundamentals has been in the South or in the Northwest and mid seasons in the Northwest. And it's been super cool to see it when I look out, you know, I look at youth black, right. And I go, Hey, how many of you guys were like on prep before? And they all raise their hand, like prep in our program. Yeah. How many of you guys were on mid season? Right. And I see kids raising their hand for mid season and you guys on fundamentals. Yeah. I did fundamental. Like, right. And it's really cool to see these kids starting with our 10 week fundamentals program. And then they're like, cool, I'm going to do midseason now. And then they go and do our half-year team. And then they go, oh, I'm going to do prep. You know, they do prep for a season or two. Yeah. And end up on, you know, again, one of our lower-level elite teams. And now they're on U3, right? And just, like, going through that whole process. Yeah. of it's, So it's super cool to me to see, like, homegrown kids. And But like you said, it starts – to me personally, and what I want to say to – people who are in charge of the people who are in charge of the teams is find people who are dedicated, who don't just care about making, who just the kids that finding coaches who don't want to just coach the world's team, you know? And that was like one of my big problems as a coach. When I first started, I just wanted to coach the world's team. Yeah. Like I figured I would coach senior three and the world's team, right. And senior three would kind of be like my other fun team, but I was like ready to coach the world's team was the only thing I was going to care about. And there's a lot of coaches who only want to coach, you know, the junior four, you know, the the restricted five or level five yeah. now, and the world team. Like those are that's going to be my slate of kids. Yeah. Right? And but you got to find coaches, and this is what I praise you about is like you're just as dedicated to all the prep teams that you coach as you are to you know the elite teams. So we brought you on last year with the elite teams. We coached junior blue together, mm-hmm. which is super cool. Or was that last Two years, or the year yeah. before that we that yeah, so we brought you on. We coached junior blue together. Um, you know, shout out to you. But the biggest the biggest compliment that you can get is to coach an elite team. You know, by yourself. So it's you and Claire. And I don't want to say by yourself yeah. without you know Ashley and I, right? Yeah. So you and Claire coach junior white. Tell me about the um that transition going from coaching prep to coaching elite teams and then coaching an elite team without like, you know, mom and dad there. Yeah. So started coaching prep and then they pulled us over to elite. And, uh, first, my first year coaching elite was on junior white, uh, coaching with Christina and Claire the first year, um, which is cool. Like Christina already knew the deal. She knew the breakdown of everything. So it was cool. I took that year as like my, like, building year to understand like get the ropes of elite because I was nervous because I was like we can't be messing up we gotta we gotta make sure we're on point um and then you guys pulled me over to blue um which was another like different level good year to build it was cool being able to like coach with you um and I feel like being able to coach with you that year really 
it really pushed me out of my comfort zone because you're like, here, take the iPad, have fun. I'm like, okay, Jason, here we go. And so that like was a really good building year for me. And then this previous year, you guys put us on elite by ourselves. And I was real nervous at the beginning. Um, like I already told you before, I'll tell everybody on here after American Grand, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I'm meant to be a coach. I might be done after this, but we're going to go back to the gym and get it together. Um, and then after that, like I started getting, like I felt better. Like I, same thing with a prep, same thing to elite is just taking the time to get the ropes of it all and just making sure that all the little details aren't missed because um, a big thing that you like said all the time that just like sits in the back of my head like especially like during practices is if you don't have if you if you don't have the time to do it right the first time when are you gonna have time to go back and do it right again like we're not so just really making sure like to pin and focus in on that but um I was definitely nervous stepping onto an elite team even with somebody that was already known the deal for two couple of years and then a little bit more nervous when we got the free range of me and Claire and then this year I'm ready to go I feel like I've I I got the I got the tea I got the the receipts in my bag so I'm gonna keep collecting those receipts but I'm ready for this season I feel good walking into this year I feel like even though this is so this is my fourth year on elite I believe I'm doing my math right three or fourth year third or fourth year but getting all those receipts I feel the most confident walking into this season so uh, you you mentioned this and I want to bring this up for people who didn't hear this. We coached the junior two team together. We brought you on like not halfway, but right in that September. Or yeah, right after Corey. So you started off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you started off the season with just on junior white. Mm-hmm. And then we lost some staff. And I was like, yo, Bailey, you're on junior two now. Let's go. Me and you are <laughs> about to make it happen. And you kept, you or you said this, you know, I just kept saying, hey, Bailey, take over right now. Like this is your time. And the big part about that is that we're all learning, like all of us are in process. And obviously the kids are the ones in process and they're trying to learn, you know, their routine and their skills and their back handsprings and things like that. But we needed you to be prepared, right? Like we needed you to be ready to handle, you know, bigger, better things, right? And so coaches, I know, I know a lot of us are, especially if you're in charge of the people who are in charge of teams, you know, we don't want to, if you're like me, you know, you're like, I can just do it better myself. Like, it's just easier and faster for me just to do it better myself. But if I'm always the one doing it, like, you know, when are you ever going to learn and be able to, when are you ever going to be able to take over, take my place? And when can I ever be able to trust you? So, you know, I was, I tried to be super intentional of being like, all right, Bailey, you're going to do this. And, you know, you're going to fail sometimes. It's going to be okay. Like, I'm not going to let you crash the car. I remember when I was in learning how to drive, (laughs) they had, I'm not sure if I've told the story of the podcast before, but they had, I was remember taking behind the wheel and the guy on the other side, right? My driving instructor, he had a brake pad on his side too. He had like a full on brake on his side of the car. (laughs) And I remember he's like, all right, go ahead and make a left-hand turn. And so I go and turn left and I do not make it over to the other lane. Like I don't stay in my lane. I am now head on traffic. What's that? A stop sign, right? So I'm, I am head to head with this other car, but my driving instructor 
had slammed on the brakes for me. Like he broke the car and I'm like, oh, like, here we go. He saved yeah. us, right? And then, you know, I had to turn the wheel and, and get all over to the other side. But, you know, when that happens, but he was there saying, Jason, you drive. You're gonna, the only way for you to learn how to drive is for you to get behind the wheel and actually drive. Yeah. I'm not going to let you crash the car. I'm going to be here with you and, you know, try to walk you through this. And that's what I was like really trying to do is say, all right, Bailey, here you go. You're with me. We're going to do this. I'm hoping I'm giving you enough opportunity to learn and grow and fail. And I'm not going to let you crash the car. Things get bad. I'll take back over and I'll, (laughs) you know, straighten this back out and we'll go. And, you know, I try to do that with all of you guys. So we can all like really try to, you know, become the best versions of ourselves because, you know, Ashley and I, We've had plenty of experience, but you aren't going to grow as a coach and Claire's not going to grow as a coach. And, you know, our other staff, you guys aren't going to grow as a coach if we don't let go and let you guys make mistakes, yeah. you know, and, and learn from those mistakes. That's exactly how we learned, you know, like, you know, someone just actually says it all the time, you know, I learned how to do choreography. It's actually funny because you said this too. But I remember Ashley telling me, I learned how to do choreography and learn how to coach teams because they just said, Ashley, you're coaching this team and you're putting the routine together. And she's like, so I just had to figure it out, you know, and, you know, you learn by doing. So, yeah, you know. All right. So, Bailey, um, let's talk about staff culture and just staff like relationships. So I, I feel that we have a good culture with our staff. I, you know, I really do. And you mentioned it. We're not all best friends outside of the gym, you know? Um, obviously you have your friends on staff that, you know, that you're particularly close with. Um, you know, Josh and I hang out occasionally, yeah. right? Um, outside of the gym. But, you know, it's not all of us always hanging out all the time. But I really do feel like we have strong culture amongst staff yeah so what do you feel makes you know why do you feel that we have strong culture what advice do you give to other gyms trying to build culture within their staff and their groups well jason loves to play um method or acting what are they called (laughs) method um (laughs) i know you're talking i can't even think right now um improv improv games yeah loves to play improv games um Definitely pulls us out of our comfort zone. This isn't like the answer people are looking for, but we all just click very well. I just feel like the reason we click so well is really those weekly meetings because they're not just always, they're not just sitting, we're not just sitting there and you're pouring information at us or uh, lecturing us on something or X, Y, and Z. It's some of those meetings, we're literally just sitting there for an hour enjoying each other's company. Um, one thing I really like that you do is you, we go around and we talk to each other saying, what, how was your week? How was your weekend? If we had a week off, we, you, you, you ask us how, how was our week? What did we do? All that stuff. And we're all able to like keep up on each other's life within that hour. Um, even if we're not BFS or, um, just stuff like that. Um, and we all work very closely within each other um i feel like floor space has been a big reason why we're all very good at communicating because we're like okay can i take this corner i know you guys are going to pull out in five minutes but we need it um so stuff like that um but i feel like the meetings i know it's everyone has meetings but the weekly ones and some of them that don't 
have information or things to talk about, I feel like are the best culture building ones within the staff. Um, just so we can know what's going on in each other's lives. I mean, we get so caught up in coaching sometimes that someone might even be having a hard day and we might not even know it until we sit down in that meeting and be like, Oh, Susie's so-and-so lost their toe. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't know those things if we didn't sit down and have that hour with each other. Yeah. I like about originally what you first said was the improv. And so there's just for everyone out there again, the improv game. So like improv, like why do you guys do improv? So here's what's super cool about doing improv game. So we start off pretty much all of our staff meetings with an improv game and why do improv? And so improv, you know, it helps you to build on each other's statements and ideas. And a lot of us, especially good cheer coaches, we think we're the only ones with good ideas mm-hmm. and we go, well, if that, if I didn't come up with it, it's not a good idea. Right. And so improv games helps us build on what each other do, because that's really what we need to do as a staff is all of us have great ideas and our ideas become even better ideas when we build upon those ideas. So I throw out an idea and then you go, oh, but what if we did this? Oh yeah, that'd be super cool if we did that. And then what if we added that, right? And we've got to get used to, so I wanted to do was us get used to listening to each other, not just waiting for our turn to speak. And then being able to build on, again, build on each other's ideas. So that's one thing like I really take pride in. And I like, I'm always like, guys, I wanted to take these improv things seriously because we have to work together as a team. Like it's not just, we're not just playing these games, just play these games. I want us to get used to speaking. I want us to get used to listening. I want us to get used to deferring when we have to defer and, you know, building that culture that we want to be a part of. Yeah. So that was a good, I wouldn't even, I didn't even think about yeah. that. Um, and we're like really particular about who we, I, I guess the other thing is we're pretty particular about who we hire, Yes. you know, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. I'd rather just struggle with five people than bring on a sixth person Period. and ruin, you know, everything we've got. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, you know, so this is one thing it's, it's better to be understaffed than wrongly staffed. So I agree with that 100%. It's, it's just, I would just i just rather struggle with five great people and go, yeah, we just can't open up. Because there was a while when we needed to open up more classes. Yeah. And I knew parents were like, Jason, are there more classes going to open up? And I'm like, man, we just can't. We don't have the staff to yeah, do it. for sure. And I can bring someone else on if, if we want, but it's not going to, you know. It's just going to be some random person. It's not going to be someone that's there for the ride. For sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um. I don't even know what else. What else do we need to talk about, Bailey? What else is there? What's your perspective? How do you how do you feel like you try and build good culture within the the program, within the the teams, within the staff? How do you? What's your go to answer for that? I just always think about. I always think about the place that I want to work. You know, like where do I want to spend thirty three percent of my life, <laughs> like. You know, yeah. 50% of my waking life, like what, where do I want that? What do I want that place to be like? You know, For sure. do I want to walk in, you know, again, mo- you know, 50% of my waking life is in that gym with you people, right? 
and how do I want that time to be spent and how do I want and how do I want do I want to walk in and none of us talk to each other you know there's a time at PCM when especially towards the end we knew we had to go we would come in Ashley and I were our only friends and we would just coach the kids right Right, it was it was me, Ashley, and the kids we were coaching. Other than that, we weren't talking to anyone. That does not sound fun. And it was like a miserable time. It was a miserable time for us. Yeah. Like at the end, we're just like, yo, it's just time to go. And I didn't want, don't want, never want to even entertain or even get close to a point where we feel that we just are miserable and we're just there only because the kids are there, right? Like the only thing that kept us from like not walking in the middle of the season is that we were in the middle of a season with kids that we had made a commitment, that we made commitments yeah. to, right? But other than that, you know, you know, I didn't really have much to hang on to, For right? Sure. And so I want, I wanted you and our staff, I want you guys to be able to walk into a place where you're like ha- genuinely happy to be there, like excited to walk through the doors where we, again, where we all get along and we're just happy to be there, right? And I, I want it to be visible to the kids and to the parents and to, you know, everyone that we're just like, man, they really look like they enjoy each other's company. Like they really enjoy, like they have good synergy. You know, that staff just looks like they are a cohesive unit with each other. And so I feel like we're in a good place. Um, you know, we're all, it's always nervous. I'm always, it's always nerve wracking, nerve wracking to bring in someone new. And, you know, we brought in Mercedes and it's like, yeah, I had good conversations with Mercedes on the phone yeah. and, and she's been great. Like, I've been like, oh man, she's like really jealous yeah. with everything. Yeah. So that's been like really cool. Yeah. I'd be looking at all, I'd be finding all like, I'd be like, I'm gonna go find their Instagram before they come in these doors. Like we got to protect the culture, but yeah, she's been awesome. For sure. It's been man. really fun. Protect the culture, protect man. Protect the culture. All right. So Bailey, tell me about. I wanted you to get here because we kind of got off topic. Okay. We got off topic a little bit, but I wanted you, um, I guess you kind of did answer it, but how did you guys, tell me about the bounce back after American Grand. Bounce back after American Grand. So let me, let me Let's, bring everyone, let me catch everyone up, up real quick. So you have Junior White. Yes. Uh, American Grand was like our first real major competition mm-hmm. and we go and we get second place. And Top Gun, I think it was Aang. Yes. You know, they just, I don't even know what the score was, but you know, they beat yeah. us. And it was they handily yeah. beat us. They handily beat us. Yeah. Right? It was like, okay, that was that was they were good. Yeah. Right. So you mentioned earlier, like you're like, I'm not sure if I'm cut out for coaching elite teams. <laughs> so tell me about the bounce back. Yeah, so that happened and that's when the score sheet just changed. And so like the score sheet looking at it, plus like just getting carrying your name and not the place you want to hear it in and sad kids and all that stuff was just like ouch it's like either i'm gonna i'm gonna throw in the towel i'm not gonna do this no more or i'm gonna get it together and i'm not i wasn't down for the 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 throw towel throw throw in the talent so after that i just me and clara were like we are not letting this happen ever again um, and literally right after American Grand, like the, literally that Sunday after awards, me and Claire, like sit in, we're like, okay, we're going to change this. We're going home and doing this X, Y, and Z. We're going to move this kid here. 
all this stuff like just like dissecting the routine like looking at like what the judges said and like 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 you always say and i live by it too like don't live and die by the score sheet don't live and die by the comments and all of that stuff um but just like looking at like the things that they saw that like were agreeable like it just across the board um so just doing that and um just making sure that our our cleaning game was strong at the gym making sure that we were going home and not changing too much to the point where we weren't able to clean and be ready for the next competition but changing things that needed to be changed and then just making sure that the the kids were ready to go and just keeping the energy high with the kids and always just I like love letting the kids know like the reasons why to things and just letting them know and do you know I ended up having a great season after that um dubs all day after that first that first L of the season yeah y'all killed it after that like after that I saw the fire in y'all's eyes I talked about this on another episode but the fire y'all came in and you guys (laughs) (laughs) you would turn on that music and it was like their conditioning music like we conditioned to this like this song so everyone at home uh they started conditioning and every like that first day they came back, they started conditioning and doing all these like just strength training drills and things to straighten out your legs and back walkovers. And they would play the same track every day for the conditioning. Yep. And you'd hear that music. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there they go again. <laughs> so we had playing y'all. Yeah. After American grand, it was game over. We were, we were ready. Dude, you guys. Yeah, we were ready. That was good. And it was, it was, it was really fun. Again, just seeing the fire in y'all's eyes and just, like, you guys just going after it. Yeah. And then just the vast improvement you guys made. And honestly, and like you said, by the time we got I – mean, I mean, they won the rest of their competitions, but it was great to watch them at Nashville yeah. and just see them just be at the top of their game. Like, the top of their game and just – you're just like, man, these guys are good. But it wouldn't have happened like, – I don't know if we would have gotten to that point without that first loss where we were just like, man, they just really look great. And we've got to step up our game. Like we're not doing enough for practice. It's and a lot of times we need to lose sometimes in order to have that bounce back. So don't be afraid of losing because it really was a good thing for us. All right. So you mentioned this just now too, about the score sheet had just changed last year like an american grand and so we are still that was our first time on the varsity score sheet and so i felt i learned a ton yeah after american grand because again a lot of these things you don't really learn until it's like in practice like you see it on paper but you don't really understand it yeah a lot of it again it doesn't really make sense until it's in practice against other teams and you go okay i see kind of what's what's going on and what these things mean so what are your thoughts, not on last year's score sheet, but obviously we have a new score sheet out right now. What are your, because I haven't really, I'm not sure if I've really given yeah. staff really my opinion on the score sheet. I'm giving you like what I think, how to score well on it. But what are you kind of thinking about this year's score sheet? You know, it's interesting. Like, I agree with like what you just said. Like, you really don't know until it's like put in practice. And um, I mean, it's telling us X, Y, and Z what to do to hit that difficulty. Like, I found that pretty cool um, if it gets reflected the right way on the score sheet. Um, like, execution is king. I mean, we preach that across the board no matter what, but I like for real, for real, this year, like, execution is king um, when it comes down to it. It's going to be execution, that creativity. 
across the board. So I'm excited to see how it roll, rolls rolls out. Um, I mean, I'm getting it. I'm feeling the groove of it. It's cool being able to know what to do to max out on difficulty now. But at the same time, it's what are those categories that's going to separate us? What are they going to look like? What is the separation going to look like? Is it going to be is it going to reflect the right way? Um, but for like mm-hmm. this far, like looking at it, um, I've liked it. Like it makes sense. Um, the, those numbers going up in jumps though. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> Great. Oh my goodness. Yeah, 80% of these kids. Like <laughs> <laughs> I know. 80%. <laughs> I'm like, you could have done that for tumbling, but not for jumps. Right. I mean, That's I know funny. as an athlete, I didn't even like being in jumps. I was like, you want to make me throw a basket in the back? I'll throw a basket in the back any day after doing it if I didn't have to do jumps. But um, those numbers going up, they they got me real good. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it rolls out, how it plays out. I feel like I really can't like say exactly how I feel about it until it is put into practice. But from like up to this point, like being able to – put together routines and follow a score sheet, making sure that we're putting ourselves in the best possible positions. Um, I feel like that's been a lot more clear. Um, yeah. So up to this point, like the clarity on that aspect, but I don't want to say I love it or I'm a, a let's go score, score sheet, new score sheet until we see it in practice when we go to our first competition this year. Yeah, for sure. So how do you feel about, how do you feel like in choreography as early as we have? I personally loved it. I feel like um, practicing practicing uh, definitely required a lot more urgency this year. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like things get taken out a little bit slower. In previous years, at least, everything's been taken a little bit slower at practice. And, um, I mean, of course, like, basics are important. But, like, really just drilling, drilling, drilling the basics – um, for a long time, and we kind of got to a point where we're like, okay, we got this ch- amount of time to do basics. Now it's time to start putting these stunts in the air because we got this person coming next week. We got this co- person coming in two weeks. We got to make sure we're we're ready to go. Um, so definitely, I enjoyed the urgency of it more. Um, and I feel like at the end of the day, when you got your routine sooner, you're gonna be more prepared when you walk into that first competition. Mm-hmm. It's just how it is. I mean, if if you get your routine in October and you start competing in December, you're probably going to have a lot of watered-down sections, a lot of not-so-clean sections, whereas we're getting ours in July, where we're able to practice August, September, October. We don't hit a mat till November, and it's, we just have that extra leeway, which I'm really excited about, um, which it makes, which makes you feel better. I feel like we just have more time to be prepared before we even hit that first mat. I mean, everybody at that first competition isn't, isn't perfect. Like they're not at their, their summit routine yet. They're not at that end of the season event routine yet, but they're, they're going to be better than what they were last year yeah. at that time. Yeah. Yeah. For because sure. we got it so much sooner. There we go. And I, like I said, I like love the urgency of like getting it done sooner. That is the plan. That's the hope, right? That we actually, you know, hopefully we'll see. So yeah, the thing, what I have, I've liked getting the routine soon. Actually, here's what what I'm thinking now is we got I like getting pyramids sooner. I like getting mm-hmm. elites sooner. 
I didn't like how choreography happened right after that because I felt like we haven't trained mm-hmm. tumbling enough enough. And I guess it's easier gotcha. on level one when it's back walkover, two back walkovers. Like, well, we have back walkover, especially when they have to have those skills to be on the team. Well, the other levels when we're trying yeah. to come up with these other elite passes, it's like, oh, we need a time to kind of train those things. So I kind of feel like I like when we got, again, I like when we got stunts, like when we got pyramid, maybe we push back choreo choreo just another couple of weeks just to train tumbling a little bit more yeah and then put it all together i would agree August. with that yeah i would agree with i would be down for that just because although like i said i like brought up the urgency a couple times it's it's cool being able to get it all done at once like we have it all in our hands now and now it's just time to us to go put it together and start scrubbing um i also be down for that little gap just because we got everything back to back to back that we haven't had the chance to even go over that elite sequence we got with the kids where we're like, okay, we hope you remember. Here's a pyramid. Mm-hmm. Okay, we hope you remember elite and pyramid. Here's a routine. So just like getting that little bit of gap time in between to be able to make sure they have those two core units mm-hmm. of their routine that, so they're able to focus on what's coming. Yeah. Um, I feel like that'd be like that, that'd be like one con and yeah. one thing that we could change going into next season's choreo living you learn so all right so i want to ask you another question um bailey so tell me what's the difference what what's been like the big what have you learned like becoming a coach like you're an athlete and you have a perspective on certain things you're like i'm an athlete right you just have one way of looking at things so what was like the big shift for you like oh like now I'm a coach. What's been like the big difference between being an athlete in this program and then going to be a coach in the same program? Um, I think understanding the why of decisions more. Um, as an athlete, I mean, I don't know. We're young. We're kids. We're feisty, and <laughs> we got the attitudes. Um, and so, I think like situations happen, and we don't go into the sense of like okay, but why did they do that? Or what, what is it helping? It's more of like, well, wow. Like, why did they do that? Like mad, like mad about the situations instead of like now being on the coaching side of everything, like seeing the perspective of like the coach's eye and understanding like, okay, this is why we have to do these things. This is the score sheet. We have to follow this. If we want these kids to be put in that position, like we talk to them about that. We tell them about, we can tell them a hundred million times, like, Guys, we do it because we have to we have to do these things to put you in the position because we ask the kids we, as an athlete, you guys ask us, hey, do you guys do, what do you, do you guys want to win competitions this year? Everyone who wants to raise uh, who wants to win competitions this year? All of us raise our hand. Of course, we want to win competitions. But at the end of the day, nobody wants to get their feelings hurt. And when they do, like, like I said, they don't look at the why they just get upset. Um, so that's a big shift that I saw. From going from myself as an athlete to understanding more like the behind the scenes of cheerleading um and even just like the little stuff we do at american um like the big big picture of it all just understanding the why a lot more of the things we do why we do them the decisions we make all of that stuff i just get a lot more being on the coaching side um opposed to being on the athlete side yeah yeah, you, you said it correctly. Like coaches or coaches, athletes just, they really live in their own bubble. 
Like they want what's best for the mm-hmm. team, or they want what's best for the team as long as it aligns with their personal goals. A lot of the times, like oh, as long as we, yeah, for sure. you know, win and I get to do X, Y, and Z, like that's perfect, right? Um, yeah, you know, and I was the same way. Like I wanted to do things my way. Like yeah, what's best for the team as long as I get to do, you know, have my stunt partner, right? Um, yeah, or whatever. So yeah, all right, here we go, Bailey. Last, last question. Then we can wrap this thing up. Um, you can answer okay. all of them. You can answer one of them. You know, whatever you want. What needs to start, stop, or change in the industry? Um, I'm gonna go reverse. So change. I kind of like had this like thought in the back of my head. Um, it'd be cool to change the location of Summit. Uh, the reason why is I feel like there's a lot more events starting to happen and pop up at the end of the year in different spots and i feel like summit's a great event there's so many competitive teams like it's so much fun going every year but at the same time it's expensive it gets repetitive and if like everybody knows the what's happening like this we go to summit we go compete we go to magic kingdom we fly home like that's just we get in this cycle of going so many times that it'd be just really cool to be like hey, Summit's going to be in this state this year, or even maybe even a different country. Like, that'd be, I don't know, that'd be crazy. I mean, that's just like thinking outside of the box. I don't know if that would ever happen, but fun little, like, change. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that's, like, change. I think I want to end on that. There we go. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. you know, Olympics change every every time they have the Olympics, you know, and, you know, one year it's in Greece yeah. and then Atlanta and then Brazil and you know, Beijing or whatever. So yeah. not a bad idea. Um, end on yeah. that or end on, fun. so do you want to do stop, start or stop or you want to end on just the change? No pressure. Don't feel obligated. I want to end on the change. There you go. She wants I to think I'm going to end on the change. There you go. She wants to end on the change. Yeah. Guys, this is Bailey Yorba. I love her to death. We wouldn't be American cheer without her. And um, thanks, for, you, homie. thanks for coming on the show, fam. Of course. Thanks for having me. I've, I've had some fun. Boom. Let's go. We'll have you on again. Next time we'll be we'll have a little bit more structure to the show, but it's all good. We killed it. Five, six, seven, eight. We out. We out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out. Check them all out. And I'll see you guys next week. Hey, guys. I really hope you enjoyed today's show. Do me a quick favor. Hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about this podcast. It's a great way for you to show your support for the channel. I'm your host, Jason Larkins, and you've reached the end of Let's Talk Cheer with Jason. Thanks for listening.